and welcome back. So after the episode that we had previously with the uh, the Silent Winds, this episode is going to be a little bit more about the horrors of Mother Nature herself, or I guess I should say man-made horrors. We we're going to be talking about the one, the only, Lake Lanier, a.k.a. Oscarville. If you're not familiar with Lake Lanier, well, you probably should be, because since its creation, over 700 people have died at its hands. Now, whether they be accidents or just really creepy, where people just wash up on shore dead. Nevertheless, this episode, we're going to dive down into the history of Lake Lanier. And did you know that it was built on a town that was once thriving? Well, in this episode, we're going to go over all of that. And if you're new here, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti. And you're listening to Not Another Horror Podcast. Many living in North Georgia have heard the tales of what lies beneath Lake Sydney Lanier. From graves buried by water to alleged supernatural sightings near Brown's Bridge, rumors surrounding Lake Lanier continue to be shared not just across Georgia, but across the country, garnering attention towards what some call Georgia's most haunted lake. Some of those stories shared highlight Oscarville, a rural-majority black community that once stood in northeastern force, near the border of Hall County on a portion of the land later used to build the lake. The Oscarville has become a source of legend. What follows is the community's tragic real-life story as recorded in historical records and other sources. Many remember Oscarville simply as a rural area that was later taken up as land to make room for Lake Lanier. But many years before that time, it was a bustling black community. Just before 1912, there were nearly 1,100 black residents in force, with 58 of those residents being landowners, mostly in Oscarville. According to the Digital Library of Georgia, 109 black residents paid the form tax, meaning they rented or owned forms. Other black residents worked in coming as craftsmen or other laborers. There seems to be a feeling of community in the town, which quickly became known for their churches. Pastors such as Grant Smith and Levi Greenlee Jr. were spiritual leaders and outspoken advocates for black residents, 
according to the New Georgia Encyclopedia. Not only did they help to protect the community, but they worked to bring black residents together. Surviving records from Greenleaf's church show they organized picnics for churchgoers and collected ties from many in the community, including some white residents in coming. A local newspaper archived by the Georgia Newspaper Project showed that Oscarville was a strong black community where many children also attended local schools. In 1908, Georgia's school census showed that 316 children of color were enrolled in school in the county. But at the time, some white residents in Forest saw this community as a sort of a threat, which they always do. One white subscriber wrote a letter to the local paper, expressing a fear that the children attending school might eventually be able to pass the state's literacy tests for voting that were created to keep black residents away from the polls. And by the end of 1912, two incidents in the county led to the complete abandonment and destruction of what was once a successful black town. In September of that year, two alleged assaults against white women were reported in the county. The first alleged assault took place on September 5th, when a woman reported that two black men had assaulted her in coming. By September 7th, Sheriff William Reed had arrested the two men and four accomplices, according to the Digital Library of Georgia. Just days later, the body of 18-year-old Sleety May Crow, a white resident, was found in the woods just east of coming. Several black residents were named as suspects for the alleged rape and murder, including Ernest Knox and Robert Edwards. In an effort to provide safety, Knox was transferred to a jail in Atlanta, while the remaining suspects stayed at the jail in Cumming. Despite Knox being transferred, a mob of angry white residents gathered outside of the jail that night. The mob seized Edwards, a 24-year-old farmhand from the jail, beating him to death before he was hanged from a telephone pole in the, in the town square. The incident started a wave of violence directed towards the black community in Forth's County. Mobs came through Oscarville threatening residents and firing guns into homes. Night Riders, they called themselves. White residents who came through the town at night on horseback also burned down homes and threw explosives into nearby buildings. According to archives re reporting by the Gainesville News and Dallanega Nugget, the violence continued until nearly all of the county's black population was forced to leave. According to Blood at the Root, a racial cleansing in America, a book written by Patrick Phillips and published in 2016, the county's black residents fled in all directions, but the majority made their way to Hall County. Oscarville was abandoned. The churches and pillars of their community burned to the ground. The residents who used to live there were forced to start over, securing jobs and opening businesses where they could in Gainesville. And those who owned land in Oscarville no longer felt safe coming back to claim what was rightfully theirs. 
Moving forward nearly 40 years, the land that once made up Oscarville and Forest County was still mostly abandoned as the black population in the county remained low. Some say when it came to building Lake Lanier in the 1950s, the area was specifically chosen to cover up the town to silently remove the history from the area. In 1946, Congress approved the River and Harbors Act, which aimed to bolster waterways across the country. Among the approved project was $45 million for the yet-to-be-named Lake Lanier, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers built Lake Sydney Lanier in conjunction with the Buford Dam. The growing metropolis of Atlanta needed a water source and hydroelectric power, and they wanted to help save communities from constant flooding by the Chattahoochee River. Named after Sidney Lanier, a writer, poet, musician, and Confederate Army veteran. Lake Lanier sits roughly 40 miles northeast of Atlanta between the Georgia towns of Cumming, Gainesville, and Buford. Funding of the project faced numerous hurdles, which stopped and started construction to the point where it is amazing it was actually finished on time. Additionally, the Corps of Engineers, as well as the stage, which used the Apalachola, <laughs> I'm going to butcher some of these names, guys, and the Alabama-Cusa-Talapusa River Basin, comprised of Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, all squabbled over water flow requirements, consumption caps, how the water should be used, and whether to give it priority as a water supply, hydroelectricity source, or even recreation. All of this while juggling the federal laws that demanded water be set aside for threatened or endangered species that lived in around the Chattahoochee River. The states of Alabama and Florida were particularly unhappy about how the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers regulated the flow of water from Lake Lanier to their states. There was even debate over what the lake should be called, with the builders finally settling on the name of the poet Sidney Lanier. Then there was the rather destructive nature of the lake's creation. Now, I told you that uh, they basically wanted to place this lake here to cover up the town. Well, the U.S. government began a mad dash to purchase land from private companies, farmers, and anyone else who lived in the area that would inevitably wind up underwater. During the five years it took for the lake to completely fill to its intended water level, the government would buy up over 50,000 acres of prime farmland and pristine wilderness, moving more than 250 families, 15 businesses, and even relocating 20 cemeteries along with their corpses in the process. As the nooks and crannies of the mountain foothills filled with surging water, the spread of the lake devoured entire towns along with their buildings and houses, farmland, fields, bridges, toll gates, historical landmarks, river, ferry businesses, a racetrack called Looper Speedway, county roads, forests, and other lakes. Many of the structures were just simply left as is, so that if one were to walk along the lake's bottom, one would find submerged towns complete with roads, walls, and houses, all eerily intact. Abandoned underwater ghost towns inhabited only by fish and perhaps ghosts of the past, even the ferries that were put out of business by the late's creation were simply abandoned to become wrestling hulks littering the bottom 
and the shore. Hey there, campers. My name's Kimmy. And my name's Ryan. We've noticed you stumbled upon our mystical campfire, so that means there's a solid chance you have some questions. Like... Why am I here? What's going on? And why are there cryptid and folklore creatures everywhere? And should I be worried about the Mothman dressed as a camp counselor swooping down to steal my s'mores? Well, you've stumbled upon the Alorian Campgrounds. Alorian is a folklore podcast where every episode we dive into the history and lore of different creatures and cryptids you see wandering around these campgrounds. And during each episode, we discuss the sightings, encounters, poems, history, fun, facts, and pop culture focused on our campfire topic that week. We hope through shared experience we can learn and make light about all the unknown corners of the universe. So come take a seat around the campfire, make yourself at home, and listen to Alluring Today anywhere podcasts are heard. Or watch videos on YouTube, or even go to our website, alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G dot com. The rather eerie history and the creepy presence of whole underwater ghost towns, derelict ghost ships, and desecrated cemeteries are far from the only strange things about what we call Lake Lanier. And indeed it has occurred a rather sinister reputation for drawing death and suffering to itself. Over the years, there have been an inordinate amount of deaths associated with the lake. ranging from boating accidents, drownings, and even a fair number of drivers who lost control of their cars and went right into the water. There are various stories of boats hitting something in the water, only for it to turn out there was nothing there. Boats or other watercraft capsizing for no apparent reason and sudden dangerous rogue waves that seemed to come from nowhere, without warning to maraud across the surface. Many of the drowning cases are somewhat odd and that they have happened very close to shore in strong swimmers and in calm conditions which considering the history of the lake have given rise to rumors that Lake Lanier is somehow haunted or cursed I mean (laughs) wouldn't you think it would be some who have almost drowned here and lived to tell the tale have told the feeling as if they were being pulled underwater or held under by unseen hands or of having the air suddenly seem to leave their lungs and cause exhaustion with startling suddenness. In some of the cases, people who drowned fairly close to the shore have had their bodies turn up in positions far from where they died, which is probably due to currents, but when mixed with spooky rumors, became a case of ghostly forces dragging corpses through the water before discarding them. In 2011, This menacing reputation for accidents and deaths began to get more public attention when there were a total of 17 deaths on Lake Lanier, many due to freak accidents in 2012. The trend continued when a quick succession of violent deaths and horrific injuries occurred here, which made national news. The first of this wave of deaths happened in June 18, 2012, when 9-year-old Jake Price and his brother Griffin, 13, were riding a pontoon out on the lake and were struck and killed by a speeding boat. 
driven by a Johns Creek business owner named Paul J. Bennett. Weeks after the tragic accident, on July 9th, 11-year-old Kyle Glover, who happened to be the son of the popular pop star Usher's ex-wife, Tamika Foster, was struck while riding an inner tube by a family acquaintance riding a jet ski and rendered brain dead. Although doctors struggled to save his life, he died two weeks later on July 21st and was taken off life support. A 15-year-old friend of the boys was also seriously injured in the same incident, but ultimately recovered. These tragic accidents took the media by storm, and before long, Lake Lanier was being deemed cursed and a death trap by the news and social media sites such as Twitter, with many people insisting that it was an evil, vile place that was best avoided. In addition to all these freak accidents and drownings that seem to constantly plague the area, Lake Lanier has been the location for more bizarre and mysterious deaths and disappearances that still remain unsolved. One such case revolves around a Georgia man by the name of Kelly Nash, who went missing from his home in Beaufort, Georgia on January 5, 2015. Early that morning, the 25-year-old woke up at 4 a.m. He had flu-like symptoms such as coughing and sneezing and told his girlfriend Jessica, who was with him at the time, that he felt terrible and should probably see a doctor before going back to bed. Sexton then woke up again at 7.30 a.m. to find that Nash was gone and had not taken his wallet, car keys, or ID with him. When Nash still had not returned that evening, police were called in and it was discovered that a 9mm pistol was missing from the house, but none of Nash's other belongings were missing or out of place. A massive surge would be lunch for Nash. Involving authorities, family and friends, and dogs, especially trained to sniff out dead bodies. And a $50,000 reward was offered for any information. Yet no trace of the man or his whereabouts were found. It was not until one month after the strange disappearance on February 8th that Nash's badly decomposed body was found in Lake Lanier by a fisherman. Nash was still wearing the pajama pants and dark shirt that he had on when he went missing. And although the body appears to have no major trauma, it was found that he had suffered a single gunshot wound to the head. The crime has never been solved, and it is unclear why he chose to go out in the middle of the night in his sleeping clothes, how he ended up at the lake, and whether he committed suicide, if there was foul play involved, or if the lake alleged curse had anything to do with it. In another mysterious case, a 16-year-old Gainesville high school student by the name of Hannah Trulove went missing from an apartment complex near Lake Lanier where she lived with her mother on the morning of, of August 24, 2012. The following day, Hannah's body was found in a wooded area by the lakeside by another resident of the apartment complex. The girl had been stabbed multiple times, yet it was unclear if the wounds were life-threatening and the actual cause of death remained elusive. Although authorities were able to rule out drowning, making the case even creepier was a series of tweets Hannah had made on Twitter shortly before her death that expressed general discontent with her life at the apartment complex and her fear of a stalker, with one chilling tweet allegedly stating, So scared right now.
Hannah's father would later claim that his daughter had made no mention of being under any duress and had not seemed any different or more upset than usual in the days leading up to her death. Authorities were never able to glean any insight or information from the tweets and indeed no leads would ever come up and no suspects were ever apprehended in the case despite a major investigation and exhaustive interviews with neighbors and nearby residents none of whom has seen or heard anything suspicious on the day in question as well as continuous pleas for any information pertaining to the case hannah true love's death remains a mystery one of the most notorious deaths associated with Lake Lanier is also the source of one of its alleged and ghostly mysteries. In April of 1958, a young woman who worked at Riverside Military Academy, Delia Parker Young, and her friend Susie Roberts headed off to Three Gables and Dawsonsville in Susie's 1954 Ford for a night out. They would never return. An investigation into their disappearance discovered that they had visited a gas station that night and left without paying. The only clue left at the scene was a set of skid marks across the road which seemed to suggest that the car had skidded off of Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway and into the lake below. Yet no vehicle could be found. Drivers who were brought in to search for the car were unable to locate it due to poor visibility in the murky water and the masses of sheared off tree trunks that littered the lake's bottom. For 18 months, police were unable to find any further clues and no trace of the missing woman or the car. But then a fisherman named C.A. Simpson made a gruesome discovery when the decomposed body of what was thought to be that of Delia Parker Young suddenly floated up out of the depths. Oddly, the corpse, which could not be completely positively identified at the time was missing two toes from the left foot and both hands. It was never discovered why the body was missing his hands and toes or what the cause of death had been, with no way of knowing if the corpse was that of Delia. It was eventually buried in an unmarked grave in an Alta Vista cemetery. The body of Susie Roberts and the car remained missing despite repeated searches. The mystery would baffle authorities for decades until November of 1990 when construction of an expansion of Lanier Bridge was underway. As construction crews were dredging the bottom of the lake in order to set up pillars for the expansion, they uncovered a rusted out hulk of a 1954 Ford which held within it the remains of a human body. The car had been hidden within tree trunks, mud, and other debris and 90 feet of water on a steep slope. The body was decomposed to the point of being unidentifiable, but the belongings found on it, including a purse, rings, and watch, were able to prove that the body was that of the long-missing Susie Roberts. In light of this discovery, it was concluded that the other body had indeed been Delia Parker Young. The headstone was changed accordingly, and Susie Roberts was buried beside her. Interestingly, although the deaths of Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts is an old, mostly forgotten case, it has spawned one of the most persistent and frightening local legends. 
It is said that a ghostly young woman dressed in a blue dress and missing her hands can sometimes be seen walking up and down the length of Lanier Bridge. And it's said to be the ghost of Delia Parker Young. Since she had been dressed in a blue dress on the night of her death, and her body had been found minus hands, according to those who claim to have seen the ghost, which has since become known as the Lady of the Lake. Delia's restless spirits remains to be searching for her missing hands. The reports of mysterious forces pulling swimmers underwater or causing boats to capsize and the Lady of the Lake are not the only cases of potentially paranormal happenings on Lake Lanier. Oh no. There have been occasional reports of a mysterious raft equipped with a lantern on a pole, ridden by a shadowy figure that uses a pole to push it along and which allegedly appears and disappears out of nowhere. And one particularly scary account, two fishermen saw the ghostly raft while out on the lake fishing in a rowboat. on one cold autumn night at around 1 a.m. in the morning. In this case, the mysterious raft was around half a mile and in an estimated 45 feet of water. Yet the rider was bizarrely pushing it along with a pole. At one point, this enigmatic figure shouted something to the two fishermen and proceeded to jump off of the raft to freezing water to swim towards them. This scared the two fishermen who pulled in their lines and were in a hurry to get out of there. Thinking it was perhaps someone meaning to do, hurt them, it was at this point that the lantern on the raft abruptly went off. When the fishermen shone their boat spotlight out across the water, they could find no sign of the raft or the mysterious occupant who had jumped into the water. The black surface of the lake remained calm and the raft would not appear again. Ghosts, freak accidents, and mysterious murders are also not the only weird things apparently going on at Lake Lanier. Local fishermen have long insisted that there are gigantic catfish in the lake which reportedly reach sizes of 5 to 7 feet long and are said to swallow dogs that get too close to the water and even attack swimmers and divers. These giant catfish are said to be particularly attracted to the deep waters below Buford Dam, and there are various accounts from divers working in the area to examine the dam of or fixed bridges who have seen the huge fish for themselves, which were scary enough to supposedly make some of the divers refuse to go back into the water. One of the most popular local tales concerning the alleged giant catfish or Lake Lanier concerns a truck carrying live chickens, which supposedly hurled off of the Thompson Bridge in the, the 1980s and sank to the bottom along with its cargo. Divers were then sent in to examine the wreckage and to their horror found catfish the size of 12-year-old boys gathered about the sunken truck and engaged in a ravenous feeding frenzy swallowing the chickens whole. Other stories have described fishermen hooking into the enormous fish and having their boats towed around the lake. It is unclear whether these reports of giant catfish and Lake Lanier are true, exaggerations, or just an urban legend, but it is certainly enough to give one pause before getting into the water. So with this history of abundant accidents and drownings, mysterious deaths, ghostly phenomena, and gigantic catfish, Lake Lanier certainly has its fair share of strange mysteries.
What is going on here? Are the accidents merely the result of the dangers and heritage plays where many people are gathering and drinking? Because remember, around 10 million people visit Lake Lanier every year. Are the accidents merely the results of the dangers and heritage plays where many people are gathering and drinking? Or is the lake truly cursed? Are the deaths just regular crimes or is there something more at work? And maybe it just happens to be some of the people that were killed in Oscarville because, yeah, some of the graves weren't even moved. So they're still under there as well. Are the ghosts and giant catfish just spooky local lore, tall tales, or superstition? Or is there more to it than that? Whatever answers lie beneath that murky water, they are certainly strange. And it's very hard to look at this lake and not ask what's beneath the surface. So what do you think is at the bottom of Lake Lanier? Maybe it's just superstition. Maybe it's just, I don't know, someone like me? You wouldn't catch me in there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> So you guys that love going to Lake Lanier, be careful. Stay safe, stay sane, and please don't get eaten by any giant catfish. <laughs>